0: With skyward sword hd i believe it's your turn now ryan
1: <laughs> oh okay um well hmm, hmm hmm let me look at my list here uh so did you know that uh bravely default 2 is kind of boring and i don't like it that was on
0: switch
1: i think it's on pc too
0: because didn't they make a game called Bravely Second or something? That or was on I 3DS. Yeah, so which is the real 2? Well, okay, so there's... two. Well, 2
2: is like... fine. Okay. I think Bravely Second is like a sequel to the first, whereas 2 is like Final Fantasy, kind of. Okay. Where it, it's 2, but it's not like the same thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. That makes sense. Just just as a question, um I've had a lot of people recommend Bravely Default to me. Because since since I'm the Final Fantasy V guy, I mm-hmm. loved Final Fantasy V. A lot of people have recommended Bravely Default for me to to me because of that. Um, I don't know, I guess I was curious about your comments on that. Like, does it have like a job system? Yeah. For... Yeah. Okay.
1: Um and here's the here's the fun thing with Bravely Default, is that I think the game itself is actually very very good up until you get to like the the uh 30 hour mark, in which case the game gets a little greedy, and then you essentially have to play the game over and over and over and over and over again. And there's a story reason for that. And it's a cool reason, but I don't like it. And I think it's boring. And it kind of overstates its welcome. So when I got to that point, I got like 35, 40 hours in, I saw what the game was trying to do. And I you know I looked it up online and be like, okay, so what's what's going on with this? And apparently it happens a lot. So I decided to drop the game I'm like well I enjoyed that little bit that I played that was enough for me I didn't play the second one or uh, bravely second but I picked up bravely default mm. too because I thought well maybe it would be like the first bravely default game but improved in some ways and uh I don't I don't really think it is personally and I don't know like what people think of bravely default 2. Uh, but I thought it was, like, when it wasn't boring, it was very frustrating. Because, like, you get the jobs that you start off with are, like, you're pretty basic. Like, you got your your black mage. You got a traveler thing for, like, your uh, the main character. Um, and then you eventually get things like the monk class. And you get a bard class. Uh, but the way how... Getting the classes work is that you have to fight a boss that is that class. So if you want to get the monk class, Uh. you have to fight the monk boss, for example. Um, And this wasn't an issue with the first Bravely Default game. Because, like, the the first one had a pretty steady difficulty curve. Where it's just like, you know, it would gradually get more difficult. But, like, you know, if you died at a boss, you just have to, like, rethink a strategy and everything like that. But, like, it, it didn't feel jarring in Bravely Default 2, these bosses are like a fucking brick wall. Where it's like you're you're going through like this dungeon, you're fighting these these enemies that go down very quick, and then you get to the boss and then suddenly you're dying like 40 times. You know, you have to try to like figure out how to beat this guy.
0: So it's like Rechain.
1: Sure. I don't know how Rechain is because I never played through much of Rechain. I think I got to like Wonderland and that was it. Um,
0: yeah because that game sucks but uh the the heartless (laughs) in that game are like ridiculously easy and require next to no effort to kill Mm -hmm. but then you get to a boss and they can just rattle through their deck at lightning speed and you're just somehow your your brain is supposed to be able to keep up with the computer as far as like playing cards that are higher values and shit and it's just that game blows chunks uh (laughs) but continue
1: and it's just like like for context, uh, the boss at the end of the second chapter, if I remember correctly, I believe it was the berserker class or, you know, so you have to fight a berserker. And, yep. uh, you know, I didn't know going in. I wasn't, uh, I didn't follow a guide or anything like that. I was just kind of playing by the, the by the seat of my pants. So I get to this boss and then he essentially fully charges. Like he, he does like a full brave thing where essentially he attacks three times and he invokes rage. Which gives him like a really big attack buff. And then with his next two attacks, he wiped out my entire party. And I'm like, okay, well what the fuck was I supposed to learn? <laughs> what was I supposed to do? What is this? Well isn't
0: isn't the thing with berserkers is that they have really high attack values, but you can't control them at all? They can only attack and they do so automatically. I guess. Cause <laughs> I wouldn't so know. so how come how come it can charge up a brave?
1: Well, it, it charged up because it used up all of its. Because um, like that's the thing with bravely default, where it's like you can charge your brave stuff to where you could attack like more than once, or you can like default. In which case, you know, you can like that'll build more attacks later on. Like it gives you more turns if you keep if you keep defaulting. Um, but again, like if you brave at max. Like, if you brave, like, three, four times or however much it lets you, that means that you're going to be a sitting duck, like, after your turns are completed, you're going to be sitting duck for, like, the next four turns. Um, and that's kind of, like, the whole point of brave Default is, like, that kind of risk and reward thing, and I actually do like that battle system a lot, especially in the first game. Um, but in this one, again, like, he maxed out his brave, and then he did his rage move, or his rage attack that, you know, gave him that berserker status, and then with the next few attacks that he had left on his turn, he wiped out my party. And that's kind of like the way, and like, and I've looked this up online. I've listened, I've watched other people like review this game and everything. And they, they all said that the bosses are like really hard, but that's the point, you know, you're supposed to lose your first time. So that way you can like, you know, plan your strategy and like, you know, change your classes around and everything like that, you know, so that way you can maybe tackle the boss in a different way. But it's just like, I don't know. I just felt like the first game did that a lot better, a lot better.
0: How long are these bosses?
1: Uh, It depends. depends. Like, if you picked your... If you picked a class or, you know, a class that has, like, a weapon that the boss is weak to, and you grind that class out for, you know, as long as you can, it could be... The boss fight can be over in a few minutes, but then if not, you know, it could be a lot longer. It could be, like, five, ten minutes.
0: Yeah. Uh, Because that is... Because I can understand a boss... Uh, being really hard and requiring multiple tries potentially for you to f- sort of f- perfect your strategy if it's relatively short like maybe 5 to 10 minutes mm-hmm. but if we're talking like Final Fantasy 13 length where it takes like an hour and and you have to do it multiple times and just hope you can fucking win and that sounds awful
1: I don't think it's as bad as the bosses in 13 can be but it's it's just that fucking wall I don't know. It just felt as if the the way how the first Bravely Default handled its difficulty was a lot better. And I also think yeah. that, um, and this this might be a bit of a take, um, because like the first Bravely Default had random encounters, and one of the selling points for this game was that there are no random encounters. Interesting. But with the first one, you had a little meter that you can adjust to, you know, to. to so you can have, like, a certain amount of random encounters. So, like, if you want, like, a lot of random encounters, so if you got a grind, you can do that. If you don't want any random encounters, you can turn that off, right? And it's like a slider. So you can, like, you know, there's, there's like, uh, like some in-between they can do. So, like, if you want, like, maybe a little bit, but not too much, you can do that. You know, you can tweak it to, you know, however you feel as if it should be done. Or, again, just turn it off completely. But in Bravely Default 2, since there are no random encounters... If you have to find a specific type of enemy, you're going to be looking around for hours trying to find one. Or if you need a grind, you know, you have to chase down enemies. And if you're a higher level, then they're going to run away from you. So you got to run. You got to run around the map trying to chase them, trying to get to them. Or if you're just trying to get like from point A to point B and then a monster just kind of comes at you. Well, then suddenly you're stuck and you have to fight him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that this is the game that kind of made me realize and made me appreciate random encounters, because in the sense where, like, if there is a spell or if there's a way you can turn them off, I would rather have that than have enemies roaming around the overworld because you have no control over that. Random encounters, you there, not always, but there are games like the first Brave Default where you can at least control how met how much random encounters that you actually have, or there are ways you can plan around Spray the. Some max repel. Yeah. Yeah. something like that, you know? Like it's something. But if if not, well then you're just you're stuck dealing with them and that's annoying. I think so. part
0: of the problem is it sounds like the game is balanced in such a way that they expect you to kind of grind a bit for each boss. Mhm. Um which doesn't really work with field encounters. Like I find that works better in a game like Paper Mario where you really don't have to grind at all if you have the right strategy and the right kind of skills to block everything and uh, use, like, out of sight and stuff at the right times, or dodgy fog, stuff like that. Um, Whereas it sounds like this game has the Paper Mario enemy encounter system with the the balance and statistics of something like Final Fantasy II.
1: Maybe. I don't remember much about Final Fantasy 2 other than the fact that I didn't like it.
0: Uh, Well, King K, I think you played it this year, right? Yeah, I did. And with the it, Pixel
1: Remaster.
2: I mean, like, 2 is like... Well, I've heard the Pixel Remaster makes 2 easier. So take this with a grain of salt. But I, I think 2 was honestly, like, it wasn't really hard. It was just kind of, like, annoying like yeah in terms of like when you get to a certain point where every time you enter a battle your entire party's like poisoned or it has you get like the doom counter or like actually there were i guess there were a few enemy encounters that were difficult quote unquote but by difficult i mean that you just run into like a big slime pile and it uses uh I don't know what the move's called, but it gives you like every status, condition ever conceived on your entire party. There, <laughs> there's like, so, sometimes you just, end. I entered a few battles where I lost before I could even select a command, <laughs> which is funny. But also I think
0: the, because the, I, when I was, I had the GBA version growing up. I think I got as far as a part where you go to like a dragon's mountain for like an herb or something, I don't really remember exactly, but it had something to do with dragons. Uh, and I remember I I used up all my gill and potions just trying to get through this place, and I got into a position where I couldn't run away from the enemies fast enough to avoid damage, so I was basically stuck in a dead game, hmm. and I couldn't I couldn't do anything. I was like fucked.
1: That uh, sounds unless if I wanted to cheat. Fun.
0: So yeah. I would hope that the Pixel Remaster does not allow that to happen. Anymore. The Pixel Remaster,
2: I would say, is actually actually all three of those games are the Pixel Remasters are the best way to play them, is from what I've researched because they don't have the bonus content, but they're like not nearly as frustrating. I didn't have to grind at all, and it was fine. Okay. I think I gr- I think I had to grind once for a little bit at the end of final fantasy three but at that point i was like well at least i'm not grinding
0: the entire fucking game you know like because that apparently the famicom version is like that where like you have to grind constantly yeah Um, but
2: that's the thing is that three itself is an improvement on that because you really only have to do it
0: once for
2: a little bit before you enter the final dungeon and then it's pretty uh, fine
0: this is sort of tangentially related by, uh, for one reason or another, I actually bought Final Fantasy on NES and played it for a few minutes. Yeah. It is so slow. <laughs> uh, like every attack, every dialogue box, every animation.
1: Well, what takes speed like, did you put it at?
0: Is, is there a speed setting? There is. Okay. That might've been it, but it just felt like well, everything. I have a, do I have a
2: proposition for you? Pixel remasters have a fast-forward button.
1: Hey! Oh, my God.
2: The new animations, first of all, they're already quicker and look better. Like, they look really good. Like, the game itself doesn't look amazing, like, in terms of the sprite work. But, like, for some reason, attack animations and, like, water look really good, which is a little jarring. And also, the music is, like, impossibly like i they're like fully orchestrated reimaginings and it's kind of jarring it's a little jarring to have like the the sprite work that looks like a gba game with like fucking blaring orchestras you know
0: remixed by uematsu himself but i've been umming and erring about getting the the five remaster but now that i hear that because it's like um when i played five i played it on gba and an emulator and i fast forwarded through some of the battles because yeah. you know it's grinding so now that I hear that that feature is just straight up in the game and that I won't have to listen to the crappy SNES music uh I might pick it up well you can also like not only can you fast forward in the
2: battles you can also while it fast forwards it will um what it'll do is if you don't touch it for like so like you're gonna select four attacks And then whatever those four attacks were, the game will remember and it will do again the next turn. Really? Yeah. So if you want, you can just leave fast forward on and they'll keep doing that. And then when you want them to stop, you just turn off fast forward and then you adjust and then you turn it back on.
1: I've heard nothing but glowing things about these remasters and I really want to know. I I have the first one. Honestly, they look.
2: The only thing about them is that they look a little not good, like sometimes.
1: Really?
2: Well, I mean they look fine, but like in terms of like they look like they could have come out on the GBA, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> they don't look or like honestly, sometimes they even I don't know how to describe this. It's honestly ironically better than most Final Fantasy ports to like mobile, which is just they they must have like a low fucking standard for their remakes, at least nowadays, but they look fine. Like, it it really didn't bother me enough for it to be a big issue because all of the other changes are so good and the music is so good that it's, like,
0: mm.
2: you know. And the in-battle sprites are actually pretty damn good. It's, it's like, just the overworld stuff looks a bit, eh.
1: So is the one for Final Fantasy VI out yet, or is that one still? That one's still? coming
2: out in February next year. They had, I think, they had to delay it a little bit. Okay, I'm playing through four right now.
1: Hey, which, that's one of my favorites. Uh,
2: well, actually, I'm I'm having a tough time getting through it, which I'm surprised by because oh. I thought I thought four would be like right up my alley, but it's I don't know. I prefer I <laughs> this. It might be sacrilege to some people, but at this point, I prefer three. Uh, three probably my favorite so far. So, oh wow, that's interesting. Well, not counting like fourteen. But three is my favorite. At the point at where I am traveling through the Final mm-hmm. Fantasy series, but I'm not done with four. So maybe when I beat four, I'll like have a revelation. But for for some reason, four is not gelling with me. I don't really like. I really hate. Actually, it has the Final Fantasy two thing where like you get guest party members, kind of. Although it's like for your yeah. entire party.
0: And it's, it seems like a, a thing that they do every other Final Fantasy game. Well, I guess yeah. up until seven, that's where they broke the streak. I don't uh, really like
2: that. I really actually hate that because a lot of the times I'll meet someone really cool and then they'll just fuck off. Like there's this old guy. I don't remember his name. Um, Tella. Yeah, Tella. There's Tella. So I meet him and I'm like, oh, I, I like you. And then he does the Spoony Bard line and I'm like, oh, that's where mm-hmm. that's from. And it's funny. <laughs> and then he, he literally just fucks off. And I'm like, okay, well, you're gone, I guess. Like, it's just, it's kind of jarring to have that happen for, like, so many times. I don't know.
0: Well, you say he just fucks off, but what I remember is he makes the ultimate sacrifice to save his nephews.
1: I'm not sure Why if he's there No,
2: no, no, no. I don't mean that. I am there, thankfully. But oh, okay. What I mean is that after uh, after his daughter, I think, dies he's just like nah fuck all y'all and then he leaves and you don't meet him again for a few more hours on like he's at like the top of a mountain somewhere when next you meet him i don't know i think it's just weird because you don't really learn much about him and then he fucks off and then he comes back and you remember he exists but at that point you're also like You've also lost other party members that I'm wondering where they are and what they're doing. I just think it's a stupid system. I'm going to be honest with you. And I know it might be harsh, but I just think it's stupid.
0: Yeah, I, I understand. Um, so I don't know. Uh, maybe when I beat the game, I don't know. But yeah. You'll be happy to hear that five does not do
2: that. <laughs> well, I'm considering how much I like three. I think five will end up being near the top of my final fantasy rankings because the one of the reasons three has like a really shitty story honestly but <laughs> um i really like the job system and apparently five yeah. just has a better
0: job system overall so from, I, I think from, that'll be good from what i remember uh each in three It works like there's like a black mage base class and then you level that up and you get like a better black magic class after that. Uh, Whereas the way it works in five is first of all, you can switch jobs wherever you want for each character and you you earn AP through battles and that allows you and sort of the, the shtick of that is each time you level up your jobs. You can keep some of the abilities from that job and use them contemporaneously with a different job. Yeah, that's so like, like in Bravely Default as well. So, like, uh, if you level up, like I'm just making up numbers here. If you level up the black magic to like I don't know level four or something, then you can use like the the basic level one black magic spells alongside even like a white mage job.
2: Yeah, see, so, no, that's the job. That's the thing about three it was a little jarring is that it doesn't really work quite like that. Whereas I'm used to, I played a bit of Bravely Default and some other games that also have the job system. Um And it's, I was surprised because three doesn't really work like that. You just kind of uh, have what you have on your job. But that's why I think five will end up, I'm really interested in it because the thing about mm-hmm. three that I didn't like as much is that the it it basically doesn't have a story like it does but it's like ff1 tier where like you don't have any characters that you control at all it's just kind of like you have four onion knights and sometimes they it's really awkward sometimes they speak to people sometimes they don't you don't really know who's speaking to anybody because they don't have defined characters i know it's different in the ds remake i think but i didn't play that so And I really don't Um, think it would have improved much, to be honest with you, to have them be characters because the setup of the story just doesn't allow for like anything groundbreaking to even happen. So I don't think it would really matter that much, but it seems like five, at least, even if it isn't Shakespeare, at least has a story that I can be engaged in, which is all I'm really asking for.
0: Like Uh, all the characters are named. All of them have pretty well-defined personalities bart's a little less or butts or whatever his name is yeah um it starts out like it it starts out final fantasy one simple but as it goes along it greatly expands uh which which is so it sort of builds up to that and then by the end it's like oh my god multiversal level stakes yeah so it's like. Well, it seems like a lot think of people think it's. I really like but...
2: that one. I think I, I have a feeling that I'm really gonna like it. So. Yeah. Well, I certainly
0: hope you do because I I loved it. Does I, that like, game I have uh, another...
2: Battle on the Big Bridge? Is that
0: where that's from? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, really I remember sharing that track. The, the. I remember sharing the GBA version of that with Ryan once, and he's like, "Oh my god, the tr- the trumpets sound horrible." <laughs> well, they, they sound like Kermit. Now that Five is out, because.
2: Um, Tube and I listen to the soundtracks sometimes because we're really interested in the remixed ones because they're really really good remixed soundtracks like mm-hmm. I don't want to listen to the original songs at all anymore because they're just they're it's hard to explain but they just feel like improvements fundamental improvements because they're orchestrated and shit like yeah Um, I hear you so like I want to listen to like Battle on the Big Bridge which I've listened to before without playing the game in like full uematsu remix mode i, I need yeah. to hear what that sounds like and that's gonna happen for six as well which i actually know a lot of the tracks from six without having played it because that's, that's what pretty, i'm excited for i don't know like based on yeah. one through three and even four the music is like really really good mm-hmm. i'm gonna go check my cat's food bowl because he usually is not <laughs> this uppity unless he wants to eat something so you guys can talk oh, about something here. real quick mm.
0: Yato Kami is hungry. Uh, okay. Well...
1: Note, I also have a, I have a kitten now. Oh. A stray kitten. And uh, we're trying to get her integrated with uh, all the other animals in the house. So she's not able to run around freely. Not yet, anyways. But um, hopefully soon she'll, you know, be let loose from the cage and everything like that that we have her in. Mm-hmm. So, her name is Rue.
0: Uh, as in like mixing mustard with milk
1: roux. Uh, well, I've never heard of that. XO.
0: Apparently, like when you make like macaroni and cheese, like homemade, you have to like combine like mustard powder with milk or something, and that's called roux.
1: That I might I would be talking not know. out of my ass. <laughs> it was my my sister named her named her as R- after Runar. I don't know what that is.
0: Yeah, I don't know what that is. Wait, what are you yeah, talking about? So, I know uh, the name Runar.
1: Yeah, my sister found a, a stray kitten a few weeks back, and we've been taking care of
2: it. That's a Final Fantasy XIV character that she's oh. <laughs>
1: oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> that, that explains everything. Then okay,
0: you're right. Well, uh, giant list of games. What's what's next, Ryan? I'll let you pick next. Uh,
1: okay, so yeah, Bravely Default 2. That makes me a dumb baby for not liking it. Well, then so be it. (laughs) Um, how about, okay, how about King? I know you've played this new Pokemon Snap.
2: Yeah, I played that.
1: What what do you think of it?
2: Uh, I it's probably one of my highlights of the year. I don't, don't, wouldn't put in my top four exactly, but it's. Pretty damn good, honestly. Like, it's hard to explain. If you like Pokemon, it's kind of just like you get to see a bunch of cool Pokemon in their natural habitats and you take pictures of them. It's nothing groundbreaking. It's just kind of a relaxing, like, because I like Pokemon for the Pokemon. So it's kind of like it's a game made for me in that sense where, like, the fun of it is literally just you boot up a level and you don't know what Pokemon are going to show up. So you just kind of look around and you're like, oh, look, there's Beautifly or something or there's Munchlax, you know. And you do that mm. with like the entire decks. Well, the entire decks isn't in the game because uh, that'd be a fuck.
0: Like <laughs> <laughs> That would be like
2: <laughs> fucking crazy. But there's like over 200 or something in there that you can go look for. I don't know. It's just, It's like it's such a simple game. It really is. You just take cool pictures of Pokemon, but it's like. I don't know if you're into Pokemon, then you get a lot out of it. So,
1: see, because I remember I liked the one on N64 when I was a kid, and maybe I'm due for a revisit. But I thought, that well, this from one what was I heard, it's
2: from what I heard, it's like I haven't played the original, but people kind of say that it's like it's like what they expected a sequel to do in terms of like expansion and like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know seems like it's expanded a lot of stuff from the cursory knowledge i have of the original but i'm not a snap expert so i can't really talk in depth about it i haven't even finished new pokemon snap because it's a game that's not like you don't even really need to finish it to get anything out of it Mm -hmm. i will finish it probably eventually but i only boot it up every once in a while when i just want to relax you know it's not really like a I don't know, there are boss fights in it, quote-unquote, but they're not, like, (laughs) I don't
0: know. (laughs) How do you make a boss fight in a game when you take pictures?
2: It's like you just follow one legendary Pokemon or something around, and you take cool pictures of them, basically. It's kind of hard to explain, but, like, you can throw stuff at the environment or at Pokemon to make them behave differently to get better pictures of them. Because the goal of the game is to get, like, high-rated pictures which unlocks more levels and to get high rated pictures you have to like comb through like because you're on a you're on rails and you can look around around you like 360 degrees around you and stuff and it, it's like the events play out the same way every time but you notice different things because you're not going to see everything on your first thing you know what i mean so you just go through the levels and you like find in one One visit of the grass place, you find, like, a Wurmple fucking around on the trees, and it's cute and funny, and they make a meme out of the Wurmple, because I remember that happened, but... (laughs) Then you play it again, and you notice that, like, you notice, like, a Magikarp hanging out on the rocks or something, you know? So that's, like, the entire appeal for the entire game. And you can hit them... That's what I was trying to say, is you can hit them (laughs) with, like, these shiny ball things that, like, make them wake up or move around or, like, do something. Which is kind of how you interact with the boss fights, where you interact with the environment to, like, get them to stop so that they do a cool pose
0: and then you get a cool picture. So, yeah. You you harass animals in their natural habitat. (laughs) Yay!
1: (laughs) It
0: it does seem, because it's like I'm completely uninterested in the new Pokemon RPGs, but, like, I remember... A few years ago, we talked about a little game called Detective Pikachu on the show. Uh, And I really liked that game. So uh, this game sounds kind of interesting. Like, it seems like the Pokemon universe is the most interesting thing about the RPGs. Yeah. Uh, So it's like the fact that they can, like, make something like Rangers or Detective Pikachu or this or, I don't know, Pokemon Dash probably sucked, but... (laughs) Point being, you can. There's a lot you can do with all these little monsters. So, yeah, that's yeah. kind of cool.
1: See, this was a game I I really wanted to get into, but I don't know because like, I also heard that um, it's like every time you go into um, every time you go into one of these maps or whatever, you'll see something new every single time. And I remember like there just came a point where. I was in some, like, jungle area, and I thought I did okay, uh, and then the, the professor guy was like, okay, yeah, you should go back and uh, and uh, see if, if anything new happened. I'm like, oh, okay. So I did, and nothing changed. Like, it was literally the same, and I went through that level, like, three times. And I'm like, hmm. Mm. It just kind of lost me after a while. I don't know. Like, I, I wanted to get into it, but I just, I dropped it. I got bored.
2: I mean, I didn't finish it either, to be fair.
1: But, like, everyone else seems to swear by it. Like, my sister likes it. Uh, we have a friend who hates Pokemon. He likes it. <laughs> so it's like, what the fuck? What am I missing?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, it's, I It seems like a game with a very simple appeal. That you either get yeah. or you don't, maybe. Yeah, basically. I mean, there's really, like...
2: You either like doing it or you don't. <laughs> like, there's not really any middle ground, I don't think.
1: I guess I'm on the camp that don't.
2: <laughs> oh, poor Ryan. I mean, wah, it literally wah. is like... Eh, eh, I always wondered why people liked Pokemon Snap all these years. Because I'm like, Cause you just take pictures of Pokemon. And that is literally all you do, really. <laughs> you just take pictures of Pokemon. If you're not that into that, then it's like not going to work. Yeah. I find it. Because I'm like in... I'm like I've played every game... And I'm like, I'm like a fanatic of Pokemon, you could say. So like, I think I get a fuck ton out of it because I know all the Pokemon and I'm looking for like, they leave a lot of clues in the environment. And if you're familiar with Pokemon as much as I am, then it's like pretty easy to discern those context clues in the environment. You're like, oh, this Pokemon's going to show up or something like, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I just think it's cool.
0: I guess it's my turn now. Yes. Um... Speaking of Bondi Namco, who developed new Pokemon Snap, uh, I want to talk about a game that probably only I played this year, Scarlet Nexus.
1: Which you think I would play because it's an anime RPG with anime (laughs) people. Exactly. (laughs) But (laughs) I didn't play it.
0: Yeah, this totally seems like a Ryan game. Um, So basically what it is, to those who aren't familiar, because it actually had some... Like, nowadays, I find that games aren't well advertised, and part of that is because I uh, I pay for YouTube premiums, so I don't have to watch ads, but I could still support, like, you guys and stuff, because, uh, like, I pay into the pot, and then that pot gets distributed among the people who I watch, uh, which means I don't really see game ads anymore. Like, I remember the medieval remake on PS4 just dropping matter-of-factly with no build-up. Uh, whereas Scarlet Nexus, Bondi Namco actually bothered to advertise it and like, Twitter and stuff. Uh, I kept seeing the same Twitter ads over and over, and I'm like, this game looks kind of cool. Uh, so I picked it up, I played it, and, um, see, like, I played it over the summer, which wasn't that long ago, but there, I'm like, now I'm like, now it's like December, and I'm trying to even remember what the fuck happened in it. The Hmm. basic gist of it is it takes place in a universe on a version of Earth that is being attacked by these strange otherworldly monsters called Others. Uh, so there's an Other Suppression Force or OSF that is like in charge of destroying outbreaks of Others. There's like some kind of belt of particles surrounding the Earth that creates Others from animals and other things. Um, and if you get too close, who could potentially get corrupted and become another yourself. Um, the game has two playable characters, Yuito and Kasane, who have who share the ability to use psychokinesis, uh, which basically they can live stuff around with their mind and, and stuff. And everybody in the game has some kind of weird ability like that. Uh, there's one guy who can teleport. There's one guy who has electricity powers. I'm pretty sure there's an ice guy and a fire... There's definitely a fire person. Um, And there are some characters that are only support only and, you know, Um, what's actually really interesting about this game more so than a lot of it is that it actually gives an in-universe explanation for why everybody has to be like 15 Um, because, you know, it's like you watch My Hero Academia and for some reason they're training for careers in high school and not college. Um, so that, so that they can all be 15 years old for some goddamn reason. Uh, in Scarlet Lexus, they explain that your psychokinetic powers, well, I guess it would just be, like, their, their special powers are stronger when you're younger and there are actually characters in the game who are maybe 50 years old that look 15 because they take age suppression drugs to keep their powers strong. So, it's still a little creepy when you think about it, but they at least tried to explain it, which I appreciate. Um, Generally speaking, the characters are pretty good and memorable. I haven't played a lot of Bandai Namco's RPGs. I played Tales of Exilia 1 this year and a little bit of Exilia 2. So, it seems like they have a, generally, they have a pretty good handle on their character writing because I remember Tales of the Abyss also being, having pretty good characterization. Um, so it's like Gemma is kind of like the—he's an older guy and he's a little old-fashioned, but his arc is sort of learning about how to change with the times. And because he was—he was just ready to retire and basically kill himself, but you basically convince him not to. Um, the game has social links, sort of. Well, they have—it kind of has like a variation of the Persona social link system, where it's like you can hang out with characters and learn more about them, and they each have like a a little narrative that plays out and they sort of grow closer to whichever character you pick, Yuto or Kasane. Um, and most of that stuff was pretty good. The game is let down by one major flaw as far as the story goes, which is that the presentation is extremely cheap. Uh Like, uh, we were talking about Persona 3 Portable on this podcast earlier where everything Mm -hmm. is like a slideshow. Um... And that's pretty much what the cutscene... Well, I'd say 90% of the cutscenes in Scarlet Nexus are like that. Like, every once in a while you get a CG cutscene or a fully animated 3D cutscene with, like, lip-sync and everything. But most of the cutscenes are, like, slideshow things. And they try to zhuzh it up just a little bit, where they sort of have, like, everything floating in, like, comic book panels and there's, like, a bunch of sci-fi decorations around it and stuff. They try to make it look a little more interesting than just a PowerPoint. And I'll give them credit for that because they probably didn't have the budget or time to animate all of these cutscenes. And even then, if you look at like Persona 5, most of the, the social link cutscenes aren't voiced and people just stand around and do stock animations like a Sonic Adventure or something. So it's it's not like they looked great in the Persona games, but it still felt more immersive. Like it felt like real people were hanging around where it's like when you have like these flat 2D images, it just can't help but feel a little cheap. Um, like the actual substance of the scenes are good, but like the, the presentation kind of undermines it. The game is an action RPG in the vein of Kingdom Hearts. Um, and it's like you have like, you can borrow the powers of your teammates and use them to like teleport through walls or uh, slow down other enemies around you or predict what's going to happen or, you know, like they're use ice powers and add that to your psychokinesis. Uh, later on, you can even team up with the other protagonist character and double up on your psychokinesis. The game sort of has like the combat loop sort of has like this thing where you throw objects at enemies to build up your power. And then you want unleash kind of like a big, me- actually, no, it's the reverse. You use melee attacks to build up your psychokinesis gauge so that you can throw things at enemies. So that's kind of sort of like uh, Silver the Hedgehog just a little bit. Um so and it's like the the bigger your gauge is built up, the bigger things you can throw at people and the more of them you can. Um there are a few other things. There are a few other like specific pick-upable objects that have kind of like uh little quick time events attached to them like you can spin some things around and hit enemies over and over. Wouldn't it? No. So, like, it's, the core gameplay is fun, but it's kind of undermined by the fact that it, much like Persona 5 Strikers, the game is just combat. There are levels you can go through, but, and every once in a while there's a puzzle, but it's usually pretty easy. So, like, 90% of the time you're actually playing the game, instead of just watching a cutscene, which are generally engaging despite the presentation. It's just you're hitting. There, there are maybe like five types of other enemies in the whole game, and you you basically fight them the same things over and over again. And by like the twenty hour mark, it just started to get old. I wanted more enemy variety. Um, some of the bosses felt like big difficulty spikes. There's a part where you fight a certain character multiple times, actually, and the way that they handle that plot point is kind of dumb but um that boss for some reason is way harder than the rest and i don't really get why uh and so sometimes the balance can be a little whack as far as the overall story goes it sort of reminded me because like king K, you've played tales of the abyss at least i'm pretty sure yeah so, like, you remember how in kind of, like, the back half of the game, they start exploring how, like, Grand Maestro Moe's and, like, sort of the conspiracy of the, the shit the church yeah. was doing. It's kind of like a lot of that. It's kind of like an echo of that. Um, mm. There's a certain character in the game who becomes the main antagonist after a certain point, and that didn't feel natural. Uh, the final boss was tedious, because it was one of those cases where, like, You completely understand the villain's motivation for why they're doing what they're doing. But, you know, he's still a murderer and a war criminal and stuff. And they act like he's just misunderstood. Like the plot treats it as though he just needs some tender, loving care and everything will be all right. Which I didn't appreciate because it's. It would be like if at the end of Tales of the Abyss, uh, they forgive Van and he just becomes a good guy for no reason. So, yeah, Uh, spoilers for Tales of the Abyss, I guess. Whoa. Um, Yes?
1: I just said, whoa.
0: So, Scarlet Nexus, I enjoyed it while it lasted, but I didn't. Uh, I it felt like it needed more levels, it needed more variety in the combat, it needed better presentation. So what we get is kind of like a 7.5 out of 10, which is not bad, but I can visualize what this game could have been if it had maybe a better budget and a little more time in the oven, and I'm just kind of disappointed I didn't get to play that game. Yeah. So, not bad, but... And it's it's worth checking out. If it if you think it looks cool, you'll probably enjoy it, but it's not a game that really stuck with me.
1: It didn't look amazing. And I remember this was shown off like a while ago. Like a long time ago. And I remember even just thinking like it didn't really look too appealing. Even by me, the the anime RPG Loser,
0: because uh, mm-hmm. like I don't know. Have you guys played Tales of Exilia? Uh,
1: yeah. I actually, I watched my sister play, and it bored me to t- that's the is that the one with uh, Jude? Yes. Yeah. yeah, no, that bored me to tears.
2: I um, I actually think I know people don't like that game too much, but I actually think I am one of the people who does like it.
1: I, I definitely plan. understand. No.
2: I definitely understand why people don't, but I actually quite liked it. I don't know.
0: Thought it was well, nice. Just, just the fact that I finished it says speaks volumes. Yeah, yeah. Because like most RPGs, I drop. Like even something like Octopath Traveler, which I was enjoying, after a certain point, the balancing just became complete shit, and the game was basically too hard. So I dropped yeah. it. Um but you know I actually finished Exilia and I really enjoyed it for the most part like the characters were really solid I thought um the plot kind of goes all over the place but it was f- okay I guess uh if th- that was a game that was more about the characters and that was kind of what carried it and personally I enjoyed that more than Scarlet Nexus I played them both this year but I yeah, guess I that can that game's like kind
2: of Almost nostalgic for me because I played it when it released, which at this point feels like
0: a long ass time ago. Apparently, it came out in 2011 in Japan, and it took them two years to localize it. No, yeah. so that's, that's well, that was when scary. I was really getting
2: into Tales games, and that was the first Tales game to release new when I got into it. When I played Abyss and Vesperia, and mm-hmm. I also played Grace's F actually. Um so yeah, I, I I don't know. I liked Zillia. It's not Dude. my favorite. I like Vesperia and Abyss more, but I think Zilia is better than Grace's F, honestly. Grace's F was pretty, like, huh.
0: It does That's, seem that like... That was, uh,
1: Grace's F was the one that was on the Wii in Japan, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think, think
0: so. I yeah, think yeah. Grace's F is the PS3 version of regular Our, Grace's.
1: Yeah, Grace's was on Wii, and then Grace's F was brought over on yeah. PS3. That, that game
0: kind of was not good. <laughs> Better than Tales of Symphonia, Dawn of the New World.
1: Hey, I, still have not played I remember Symphonia. that game. That's... <laughs>
0: I, I heard it's shit. <laughs> so. I don't
1: remember it being shit. I remember, I mean, then again, like, I was a, I was a dumb kid when I played that game. So maybe it is. But I like, I like the dog. I like the
0: <laughs> Maybe, is there a game that you two played that I didn't? Because I think I need to take a back-through and break real quick.
1: Uh, King, did you play Tales of Arise? No. Fuck, okay. Well.
2: I have it downloaded <laughs> on my ps 5 but yeah. Uh,
1: I haven't done it yet. Well, okay. okay. Well, what, what about, uh, again, that you and I... We played... Uh, do you think Exo played Mario Party? Uh,
2: No, probably no. not.
1: Okay, you want to talk about Mario Party? Sure. You're the Mario Party expert.
2: Well, it's pretty damn good, honestly. It's not, like, it's not the best. Could use more boards, especially. I hope they add more, but
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's like Super Mario Party was the first one that, like, ditched the cars, which sucked. So it was, like, nice return to form, but, you know, as the years go by, it, Super Super Mario Party sucks more and more. Uh, Well,
1: it especially sucks when they added the online multiplayer this year for Super Mario Party, and then they announced and released the successor to that game. So, you know, I feel Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) I don't know. Mario Party Superstars is like, it's the return to form that Super Mario Party wanted to be. And Super Mario Party, I give a lot of credit for at least being fucking Mario Party, because I can't say that about 9 and 10, but it's also, it's also like fundamentally broken in a lot of ways, and it's kind of, it has only four boards that are, not even all of them are good. The one thing I will say about Superstars is that I like all five of the boards a lot, Mm -hmm. which helps to mitigate the fact that it only has five boards. The fact that I like them all so much does help. And the selection of minigames is also really good. So it's like, I don't know. It's kind of like, it's not exactly what I wanted them to do with something like this, but hey, I'll take what I can get. You know, it's like, (laughs) we're finally, we're back to good Mario Party again, like truly good Mario Party and it's online and the online works pretty damn good, surprisingly. So yeah, uh, I don't I've def- know.
1: I've definitely seen... Like, I've, I've watched you and the guys play online multiplayer. And what surprised me, unrelated, is that... Because, um, like, my sister hates Mario. Like, if y'all think that I hate Mario, my sister hates Mario way more than I do. And it mm. surprised me to find out that yesterday she actually was playing Mario Party with uh, yeah. RZ and Jed. I'm like, what the fuck? Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she came to me today talking about it. She said that, like, it's not like you know Justin I we don't really play party games often it's just not our thing but she was even saying that yeah she didn't hate it and i think that's kind of glowing praise from someone who hates mario so yeah but i mean, and I, I i think the only time i played it was with uh it was it was at the airbnb with y'all
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah and that was the only time i played it and i have it like cuz i have like a little list of things that i played um it's like, it's not something that like I think about a lot, you know, it's, it was fun and it was definitely better than the other one, the superstars or no, not superstars uh, super Mario party. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I thought it was pretty okay.
2: I hope they add more boards. If they don't, then I'm going to look a little lower on it as time goes on. But
1: I mean, they'd be stupid not to.
2: Yeah, well, that's what they said about Super Mario Party, but here we are.
1: Oh, what about that uh, that Mario Golf game? You played that, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah! Um, you want to talk about that? I think
2: uh, in terms of new video games, because Colors Ultimate also released this year, but in terms of new video games... Uh, it's probably the worst thing I played this year. Ooh. Honestly, honest to God, it probably is. Because I got like an hour or two of like actually really fun. Like I had a lot of fun with my girlfriend playing it. But uh, then I stopped playing it because there's nothing in it. And it's boring and bland. And yeah. <laughs> It's like, I I don't know, it's like the epitome of Mario not using any of its cool characters or anything. It's just like you go to the grass area, and then the desert, and then there's the Bowser (laughs) Castle. Oh my god. It's just, so not only it has that problem, but then it has like, you can beat all the courses in like an hour, and Uh like, (laughs) the multiplayer is not fun enough to last you as long as like Mario Kart does, you know, like, So it's kind of like you play it for a few hours and then you're done. And then they had a few content updates that lasted like a half hour. And then, yeah, it's pretty shitty. It's a like, honest to God, it's pretty shit. And
1: it's like, I remember, or maybe I'm just remembering wrong, but like I could have sworn that the tennis game had better support. Like I met or longer support at least cuz like i remember like earlier this year like i think it was just a few months ago um they said they released their final update for the game mm. it added like two characters and like a new stage or something like that it's like well shit i guess uh i guess they don't have faith in it either yeah yeah
2: i don't know yeah it's like it is because I think that Mario actually has a lot of cool creative stuff, or at least it used to, back in the day. Um, but sl- it's been like slowly gutted from the series to the point where it, now it's just kind of like, you know, they're Goombas and stuff. I, like it's it's kind of suffocating how like like how is Mario Golf like the, one of the most boring aesthetically in the entire city like why
1: <laughs> why yes So we're talking about mario golf <laughs> like
2: they put new donk city in as a content update which is like the by a country mile the most interesting thing in the entire game is the fact that new <laughs> donk city is in it and it's literally they just ripped new donk city's map from odyssey And you get a few holes and all of the holes are like two par. So you do like one shot or one or two shots and then it's done in like a half hour. And it's like, why could you have not just, why does the game, the thing about Mario sports games that always baffles me is that why do you always pick like the grass area, the desert area, the Bowser area? Like why, why is New Donk City even on the table? Why, like, why don't you pick other things also from, like, I, I, like, it just baffles me. You get so much more content out of it, and it's more varied, and it's, it's like the Mario sports games feel like they have to emulate the sports games that actually exist to such degree that they emulate reality, but not really because there are Mario characters. It's just so fucking stupid. It, I hate it. And it perpetuates the idea that Mario is uninteresting and bland. When well, really, that- I don't think it used to be like that back in the day. I think Mario used to be one of the most interesting, like, in terms of like it had a lot of cool RPG spin-offs And the fact that Sunshine even happened was like kind of a... I don't know. I always <laughs> felt like Mario was a cool, varied series until relatively recently it feels like it's it's there's like a stranglehold on him that is only somewhat broken by games like Origami King or Odyssey and uh, even yeah. then well, even the thing, then it's not even to the extent that it used to be you know it's just
1: well I was about to say like I kind of like with the whole like Mario being bland and you know I, I would also say like nostalgia heavy in the sense where it's like every game has to be like Mario 3 and Mario World um, I kind of saw that a lot around the end of the Wii's era and like going into like the 3DS and the Wii U, because like the new like Super like...
0: Mario Brothers Wii, in my opinion, was the turning point. Yeah. where this current era started.
1: And I'm not, I and mean, also, I'm not going to say that Mario Galaxy Two is a bad game, but I do think you can see a little bit of that uh, bleeding into yeah. Mario Galaxy Two, a little bit. You know, like there's little remnants ah. in there. Um
0: I I don't really agree. Uh I mean I guess it's not as original as the first one by virtue of being a sequel, but that's
1: it's uh, also in the sense where it's it's not 3D land. That's why I say it's like yes. there, there are little like there are little symptoms, but it's not it's not like 3D land, for example. Um Yeah. But that's when that was around the time when we started getting like your basic grassy plain desert ocean all this other stuff right and i only thought it was only recently where we started to see the series kind of break out of that with what king was saying with mario odyssey and with origami king um so yeah you know to see i mario forgot Golf, you
0: finished that game origami yeah. king
1: I, yeah it, it's, like it's, ryan,
0: ryan finished a new mario game everybody
1: yeah well, I, mean, I finished, it, it, I, I finished odyssey
0: oh yeah 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 it's
1: like
2: Origami King, even for as much of a like, it felt very like different, but it's also like you, you can tell there are things that just must not be broken in Mario these days. I don't know yeah. how to explain it, but there are like conventions that cannot under any circumstance be defied. And it's like, I don't know. It, I, and then you notice it on a larger scale when you play things like Mario Golf, where it's like literally like, Why can you not do more stuff like New Donk City? I'm surprised New Donk City even got in the game as low effort as it was. Like, why does it have to be like all the uh, like, it's just annoying because you really could do it in a more interesting way. Like, I think Mario Kart, for as samey as it can be with its additional releases, at least all the courses are really cool, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I I don't know why Mario Golf can't have that.
0: Uh, I do have, s- like, I I obviously I go to a game design school. Uh, and I in our game team class last year there was a lecture on intellectual property, like specifically. No, I think what it was was a Chinese company that makes mobile games did a guest lecture. Uh, and they were sort of talking about some of the hurdles they have to jump through to make a game based on an existing property. And usually what will happen is the rights holder will give you sort of like a list of conditions that you have to follow in order to be able to make the game. For example, a game on this list that came out this year, uh, I'm just calling it Nickelodeon Smash Brothers. That's not oh what God. it's actually called, but yeah. it's it's Nickelodeon Smash Brothers. Supposedly, the company that made it was involved in project with Project M in some capacity, I think. Oh, my God. Um, somehow they got contracted to make Nickelodeon Smash Brothers. And supposedly they were given pre-existing models and animations to use. And they were not allowed to add new costumes or change anything about it. They were given models and they were expected to just use them. Uh, and there, there are other things where, like, you have to have the characters be a specific proportions. Like, you have to follow a model sheet, for example, if you make new art. In a case where you're allowed to do that, uh, the characters have to have spe- display specific traits. So this is like a common thing in the industry is the point where, like if you u- use pre-existing IP, they want you to be consistent with their brand. And for some ungodly reason, Miyamoto or the powers that be have decided that Mario needs to be bland and recycle the same ideas over and over again, which is how we get shit like this. Uh, yeah, I
2: I definitely think it's on Nintendo rather than Camelot. Like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) But then again, you also got to wonder how, because like, when was the last time Camelot made like a really, really good game? Uh, Dark Dawn, maybe. I said a really, really good game, not a passable game.
0: please check out our YouTube channel for video versions of all our podcasts. This podcast was edited by yours truly, ExoParadigm Gamer. Thank you very much for listening to our podcast, and we'll see you all next time.